I am Don Tess, better known as the Dawn of Beer. And I'm M. Sauter, better known as Pints and Panels. Welcome to the 23rd episode of the All About Beer podcast. Every two weeks, we talk with leading experts and take a deep dive into one topic in beer. Visit allaboutbeer.com and follow us on social media at allaboutbeer. And if you want to throw us a couple bucks, visit patreon.com slash allaboutbeer to support this show and others. So we all live on the same planet. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how breweries are keeping it habitable uh, for all of us through their environmental initiatives. M, if you could save the planet by drinking beer, would you do it? Don, I told you, I'm drinking as fast as I can, I swear. <laughs> uh, obviously, it's not true that drinking beer can actually improve the planet, but we can all do our part to reduce our impact. And so uh, I'm really looking forward to learning how our uh, learning from our guests about how um, some of the things breweries are doing uh, can help protect the planet. Absolutely. Yeah. It's important. Yeah, the it planet is, important. is, you know, we only get one. So far. I said so far. I mean, maybe there's some, there's definitely other ones out there, but this isn't we're not talking about space travel right now. We're talking about the here and now. Yet. So yet, yet we got to make sure that we treat our planet with respect. And that yes. means, you know, going to breweries that are sustainable, thinking about reducing our carbon footprint. It's very, very important. Yes. So we'll introduce our guests and get into a conversation. But first, here is a word from our sponsor. And if you'd like to help support the show through advertising, please reach out to podcast at allaboutbeer.com. Estrella Galicia is an independent family-owned brewery in Northwest Spain, founded in 1906. Estrella Galicia Cerveza Especial is a world-class lager, brewed using the finest Spanish malts, locally cultivated Galician hops, and the best brewing practices made out of the state-of-the-art facility in Acruña. Recognized around the world for quality and exceptional character, Estrella Galicia is a beer like no other. To learn more about Estrella Galicia, follow them at Estrella Galicia USA on Instagram. Looking for an easy hop sourcing experience? Yakima Valley Hops offers the finest quality hops from right here in our valley and premium growing regions around the world. Get the hops you need when you need them with ultra-fast shipping and awesome customer service. With a full line of liquid hop products and all your favorite varieties, no contracts are needed to brew with the best. Shop now at yakimavalleyhops.com. That's Y-A-K-I-M-A, valleyhops.com. Amy George is founder and president of Earthly Labs, the leading provider of carbon capture technology solutions for small-scale sources. Earthly Labs is a division of Chart Industries, a 150-year-old leader in industrial equipment with a mission to power the nexus of clean, clean water, clean air, clean energy, clean food, and beverage. Earthly Labs provides CC carbon capture hardware, software, and services to capture and monitor CO2 from small-scale emission sources like craft breweries. For the past 20 years, George has delivered environmental impact through her entrepreneurial leadership at Diverse Ventures, from artificial intelligence software that reduced industrial emissions to local farmers' markets to reusable food storage that reduced waste in landfills. Featured in Forbes, CNN, and Wine Spectator, her products have been awarded the top 100 green products for the world. George holds two patents with 17 pending. She has an MBA with a focus in entrepreneurship and environmental management from the University of Texas at Austin and is a mom of two boys who are her inspiration. Welcome to the show, Amy. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so tell us about the technology that Earthly Labs offers to small brewers. Yes, we have um, at Earthly Labs a portfolio of carbon capture technologies to address different sized brewers. Um, the platform of the technology we call CC, um, sort of a Alexa of carbon capture, if you will. Um, and it is designed to capture CO2 from fermentation tanks as well as bright tanks, purify and compress the gas, and then return it as beverage grade liquid CO2 in a CO2 storage tank that allows brewers to use it to carbonate their beer, um, move beer around, and package the beer. So um, most breweries are, you know, as they're making their amazing ales and lagers are creating CO2 as a byproduct of that um, process and venting it. And we are able to connect up to their blow farms and recover it. And again, um, 
they also are buying CO2 and that's delivered weekly or every other week um, at most breweries around the world to accomplish those tasks. So we're able to save money ultimately and reduce environmental impact. And, and most brewers are super uh, efficient and would like to recover and reuse as much as possible, whether it's grains or water. So this just adds to their vision of sustainability. Um, okay. Once again, you've anticipated a lot of my questions and so <laughs> <laughs> answered a lot of my questions already. Um, uh, is the amount of CO2 captured typically enough that the brewery doesn't need to have uh, other sources of CO2, like they can stop the truck deliveries or conversely, might they even capture so much that they, they can actually even sell some CO2? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, when I started the business, some of the early pilot customers here in Austin, Texas, um, like the ABGV and Live Oak and 512 Brewing were really efficient. They used somewhere around three or four pounds of CO2 per barrel produced. And so I thought because I had a, a data set that was similar, that that was more standard and that they would have, every brewer would have excess CO2 to sell. So the original business model, imagine that was how the equipment was financed. And what we learned over time is that the national average is closer to eight or oh. nine pounds per barrel um, with the high end um, around 21 pounds per barrel consumption. And so what that means is if a brewer is, is using less than 10 pounds per barrel, they have a, you know, actual chemical shot at meeting their own needs. Um, meaning if they use more than that 10 pounds per barrel, and this is kind of a rough estimate, but it's unlikely they're even making enough to meet their own needs. Um, Post-COVID, the, the average did shift because so many brewers moved to packaging their product and that packaging um, piece of the pie, if you will, on the CO2 usage is significant. Um, and so that grew for most breweries um, as they introduced, you know, ready to go beers or increase their distribution network supply to retail to just gain customers when the breweries were closed. So um, we haven't seen that come down a lot. It has come down a little bit, but um, to answer your question, what we, so we do a CO2 assessment for each of our customers and show them how much they naturally make and then look at how much they purchase and give them a guidance on where they fit on that continuum. Um, we are seeing um, again, we have outliers that, you know, don't have a shot. We, we also see breweries who sell their excess CO2 to the marketplace. And again, in parts of the world where shortages are real, that's, you know, even more interesting. We have CO2 exchanges, we call them with breweries and, um, agriculture partners, both um, cannabis and non-cannabis um, to provide brewers incremental revenue on their waste byproduct. Hmm. How big of a problem is CO2 produced by breweries? Because when people know that beer is fermented, the byproducts are alcohol and CO2, and a lot of that goes out the, like the essentially the blowhole. Um, on the list of CO2 emitters, like are, is, are beers like are breweries polluting? Like is that, that's kind of a, like a we don't normally talk about like that stuff, but like are are a lot of breweries creating a lot of CO two in the atmosphere, or are they lower on the list than say like I mean obviously they're not a coal mine or whatever not I mean or a yeah factory or whatever, but is it an issue? So the short answer is they wouldn't make a they would not be on your top ten list for sure. Other industries would eclipse them. In fact, as consumers, transportation is one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle um, or the pie of emissions. Um, you have buildings as another source of emissions that is often not talked about. And then you have the very large scale emitters. You mentioned coal 
and large industrial segments like cement, minerals, and mining are often highlighted as kind of the biggest buckets. Um, and, and again, food and beverage broadly, um, again, you could lump in any fermentation application that likely isn't reusing that CO2. It's a small slice of the puzzle. Um, what we wanted to do is make the technology accessible because most of the brewers that we talk to want to reduce their environmental footprint, you know, whether it's reducing their water, um, providing their spent grain to farmers, they would like to recover all resources. And if they can also make money at it, great, but they want to do the right thing. Um, carbon capture before our launch required folks to spend millions of dollars and the payback was really far out. Um, in general, the climate scientists need us to solve the problem for to address net zero targets and carbon capture is forecasted, you know, in different models to represent as much as 13% of the problem or rather the solve for the problem. Right. And so when we started, we saw there was very little adoption of this technology because it had been largely in the hands of the largest emitters, but not available to everybody. Again, if we had the tech for our homes or had it for our buildings, most people would say, if I can afford it, I'll do my part to reduce my impact. And this just offers brewers a way to say yes. Again, um, it's not, as, as most will say, it will take a portfolio approach to address our big climate challenges. And the upside with carbon capture for brewers is they have an immediate reuse in their own product. Right, which reduces uh, transportation then too of uh, yep yeah um, I had a question and then I forgot it. Um, oh I I I I just wanted to observe as well that of course not only are they saving money on the transportation but there were some there were some supply issues last year with CO two and so this reduces supply risk as well does it does it not and can you maybe speak to why there was a CO two supply issue last year? Yeah, um, we saw at the start of the pandemic, um, these shortages, which have hit different parts of the world, you know, over the last few decades, according to people we've spoken to, example, in Germany, they sort of prepare for the CO2 shortage that happens every year in August. Um, the the reason for it and why the pandemic made it worse is um, ethanol is a key um, manufacturer, if you will, of CO2 as a byproduct. So many of the large distributors will buy that CO2 and then sell it in the merchant market. Because we weren't driving, the ethanol manufacturers didn't need to make gasoline or ethanol for gasoline. And so they turned off the plants. So that was a key source. Um, last year, we saw another challenge um, when the um, there was contamination out of a well in um, the, the Jackson Dome in Mississippi. And periodically every year, there is just a shutdown of these CO2 plants and that causes spot um, markets. The other side of the coin is the demand is going up at the same time. So um, there are incentives to migrate people to capture and reuse CO2 with um, recent legislation. And so that that is sort of shifting this whole carbon economy. Um, but we, we are seeing shortages happen, not just here in the US, um, but all over the world. And, and as you said, John, that is driving price up of CO2, increasing delivery charges, or just delaying delivery. That's the most common thing is you're ready to carbonate a beer and suddenly you don't have CO2 because your delivery didn't come on time. And so that um, volatility is something brewers are trying to mitigate by capturing and using their own. Um, so hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> it does. Um... I wanted to go back. You mentioned that when uh, out of the pandemic, 
when breweries started packaging more, CO2 use went up. Why, why does packaged beer require more CO2? Yeah, so um, oxygen is the enemy of the the brewer. And so they it, um, many of the packaging lines and systems use CO2. Again, some have migrated to nitrogen, but um, the default has historically been to use CO2 to um, inject in the sort of lid of the can or at some part in that packaging process to um, ensure there's no oxygen before the lid is sealed. So there's like this burst of of CO2. And so with more, more beers canned um, for retail outlets or for ready to go beer, that CO2 draw is significant. Um, so that that's really the key thing. In the, previous to the pandemic, many brewers would say use uh, half of their CO2 for packaging in kegs and the kegs just consume less CO2. Um, there's sort of that one-time injection over a larger volume than, you know, injection points on every can. And oh, so, so once they move from keg to can, that um, shifted the consumption of CO2. I see. Um, when, when yeast ferments, we know it produces alcohol and CO2, but that, that CO2 isn't pure. Like the, there'll be some esters or, or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. other uh, aroma compounds and such in it. So can you talk just a little bit about how how the CO2 is captured and how it's purified? Yes. So we um, we have a you know proprietary process, but essentially we are in training that gas through a series of steps that, um, remove those impurities that you highlight. Um, so the first step is scrubbing it with water at, where we remove a lot of the VOCs um, and acid gases. So that's kind of the first step um, prior to drying it. So there's a lot of water in the gas that comes out of that fermenter. In fact, if you were looking at a clear tube, you would, could see the, the water bubbling up at, in the gas stream. And um, so we dry that gas out and those water molecules are holding on to, again, it could be sulfur, um, acetaldehyde. So we dry the gas out and then we run it through a purification scrubber, removing and polishing it up. Um, again, any small PPB, PPM level um, oxygenates. So we think of it as large molecules and then small molecules. We remove the small molecules. They bind to a, a sorbent bed and then we change that sorbent bed out. But we polish up that gas and then we liquefy it. So we give it back to the brewer scrubbed um, to beverage grade standards and they're able to use it to um, carbonate their beer. We've had brewers liken it to natural carbonation. And if you've had sort of a naturally carbonated beer, you might um, see things like um, better lacing, better head retention. You see some of these properties or our brewery customers have shared um, that they see some of these benefits um, in using their own recovered CO2. Oh, really? Even though it's been liquefied and then regasified and all that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, when we first started the business, we um, we tested the technology with brewers to just make sure that we were meeting their standards of quality. And we shared with them third party tests, but there's nothing like, you know, seeing it yourself. And it was fun. Our brewery partner here, the ABGB um, went to do a taste test and looked at the beer and said, you're going to have to blindfold me because I can see the head retention is, you know, is amazing. And so, um, but was even more fun because they're a gold medal winning brewer to have their validation around the quality. So, but we've seen that cascade, whether it's Roadhouse Brewing in Wyoming, who has shared, you know, enhanced aromatics or, um, main beer who does, you know, quality checks on the CO2 every week. Um, we, we see that, you know, feedback from our customers. That's cool. So I can actually, uh, 
uh, go into a brewery and if I see great foam on a beer and great foam retention, I can I can ask them if they recaptured their. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> and if not, you know, send them our way. <laughs> um, so like there are over 10,000 breweries in America, over 1200 breweries in Canada, um, obviously varying sizes. Some of them really are, are, you know, homebrew size breweries. What, at what point does it make sense for a brewery to start thinking about CO2 recapture, whether it be an earthly lab system or, or something else. Obviously, as you say, you know, the more breweries recapturing their CO2, the better impact we can have on the planet. So. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think the old way of thinking about it was, you know, what, at what point does the math make sense on the CO2, my purchase of the equipment versus buying commercial CO2, but now in the environment where most breweries, again, I did a survey at the craft brewers conference, um, like a live poll and over 65% had received, had had late deliveries or couldn't get CO2. So in that case, they can't even make money. Um, and as we do the math on that, the revenue loss, you know, the anyone's equipment would pay back in a matter of months. And so that is a real, that is a reality of our current environment. Again, in parts of the world like New Zealand, they just simply couldn't get it and breweries went out of business. Oh. Um, so I think that that is a a reality. So it makes it more um, important for everyone to consider it. Having said that, um, we do see um, different parts of the world pay different you know, pay more for CO2 um, and rural parts and island um, locations pay a lot more. So in the UK, they may pay $5 a pound. Um, In Houston, Texas, they may pay five cents a pound. So depends on where people are to determine, you know, what what the economics look like. And, And as you mentioned, there are new solutions every day, new ways to finance it, willingness to finance equipment. Again, when I started the business, people didn't even know what carbon capture equipment was. So now there are folks like, of course, we'll offer financing, whether it's the Brewers Bank or, you know, our company, there's a lot of ways to skin the cat so that the customers don't have a big CapEx. Mm -hmm. Um, So a long way of saying a lot more people are looking at it. of different sizes from 2000 barrels to, you know, 2 million barrels a year. Um, The economics for most of our customers, there's a payback in two to three years, but again, depending on what you're paying, it could be a matter of months. And, and since you explained how UK CO2 prices might be as much as a hundred times what uh, Houston are, you, you explained why the UK loves cask ale. (laughs) (laughs) that's right another reason (laughs) uh em did you have any questions um i guess what advice would you have for brewers like sustainable for sustainability that aren't buying a caption a carbon capture is there any advice you have for them if besides getting a carbon capture machine perhaps yeah yeah great question you know the the brewers association has great resources around sustainability in general, whether that's um, metrics on water consumption and ways to reduce water. Even in in the CO2 market, they have a great note on ways to reduce your usage of CO2. As as we mentioned, there's a big range that we see of consumption, and we'd love for brewers to use less because that makes it even easier for you to avoid um, buying merchant CO2 if you can recover and reuse your own. And they've got a great list of ways to become more um, efficient in your use of CO2 and and ultimately self-reliant with your own waste byproduct. Um, So I would point people in that direction. And I think in general um, to, you know, think about it, think about CO2 capture technology, 
and evaluate it. I know in the past I would be at a conference and people would say, you know, I'm so sorry. I love what you're doing, but I just can't talk to you because I don't have a million dollars. And so there's this myth that CO2 capture costs a million dollars. And again, it doesn't. So whether it's from our 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 solution or someone else's, the the price of our technology has continued to go down and the ability to afford it for, you know, thousand to a few thousand dollars a month in a lease structure is is there. So to kind of revisit what's available today, because I think the the way things used to be is not the way they are today. And then there'll be continued innovation in this space of carbon capture. There's the Inflation Reduction Act that was just passed in August presents new um, incentives for um, for industries. Again, the Brewers Association is working to activate new incentives, but even cities and states are providing grants and rebates. Um, so to continue to advocate for those, we've we've worked with brewers who have said, you know, I'm going to go to my city council and ask them, and then they've they've gotten it. So they've gotten their city to pay for it. So hmm. people are creative and again, governments and organizations are trying to be responsive to the needs of the industry. And I've been so inspired by all the brewers that I've met who have, you know, done so many creative things to just reduce their environmental impact. You know, this is one of many of the things that they're doing. So, um, and, and really, you know, our case in point, you know, brewers have really helped pioneer the whole small scale carbon capture industry. And uh, we're in a number of industries today, but we wouldn't be there, whether it's wine or distilling or um, biogas, we wouldn't be there without the support of all of our brewery customers. So um, again, I'm eternally grateful and excited to continue to innovate with uh, brewers all over the world. So once again, beer drinkers are saving the world. That's, that's right. That's what I heard you say. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, on that note, and kind of building on what you just said, Amy, uh, for beer drinkers, is there anything they can be doing? Um, should they be talking to their local governments about, you know, grants? Should they be pestering their local brewery? Um, what, what what can the average person do? Oh, yeah. Well, definitely, you know, support those breweries that are making investment, whether it's in solar or wastewater. And, you know, ask them if you're hanging out at the tap room, ask them uh, what they're doing in the field of sustainability. You likely are going to be really surprised and inspired. But in the outside chance they haven't thought of it, you might inspire them. And don't hesitate to share case studies. We've had breweries say, you know, my customer told me to look into you. And so I reached out. So you you really do matter. And then again, you know, put your dollars where your values lie and tell them how much you appreciate their investment because they are, many of them, small business owners and they're um, making an investment in the future for, you know, many generations to follow, but um, they work hard for those dollars and they're deploying them in this way. Again, we work hard to make sure that it pays for itself, but there is an upfront investment in any case, even if it's just time um, right. and focus. Um, right. Yeah. Awesome. M, did you have any questions? No, this has been really fascinating, like super <laughs> fascinating. And I really appreciate uh, all your time and effort in uh, helping the planet. Thank well, you, thank Amy. you. Um, thank you, Don. Appreciate your time today. Uh, before you go, Amy, can you just share your social media handles where, and, and website where people can follow what you're up to? Yeah, absolutely. We would love you to follow us um, on Instagram. You can hear about our customers' recent installations at Earthly Labs. Um, that's Earthly Labs. And then um, our website is our parent company name. And that is Chart Industries. And you'll see a drop down for Earthly Labs there. That's Wonderful. how you can find us. Excellent. Cool. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Thank you so, so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, Amy. We really appreciate it. Cheers. Appreciate you all. Bye. Estrella Galicia is an independent family-owned brewery in Northwest Spain, founded in 1906. Estrella Galicia Cerveza Especial is a world-class lager, brewed using the finest Spanish malts, locally cultivated Galician hops, and the best brewing practices made out of the state-of-the-art facility in Acruña. Recognized around the world for quality and exceptional character, 
Estrella Galicia is a beer like no other. To learn more about Estrella Galicia, follow them at Estrella Galicia USA on Instagram. All About Beer is back, and we're asking for your support to help provide the independent beer media this rich and colorful industry deserves. Visit our website, allaboutbeer.com, where we're frequently posting new content. And please consider throwing us a few bucks at patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. We have low-cost memberships for individuals and small and large companies alike. Every dollar goes to help produce new articles and podcasts. Looking for an easy hop sourcing experience? Yakima Valley Hops offers the finest quality hops from right here in our valley and premium growing regions around the world. Get the hops you need when you need them with ultra-fast shipping and awesome customer service. With a full line of liquid hop products and all your favorite varieties, no contracts are needed to brew with the best. Shop now at yakimavalleyhops.com. That's Y-A-K-I-M-A, valleyhops.com. Karen Lawson is a graduate of the University of Vermont with a master's degree in public administration. Her undergraduate degree in sociology and psychology was obtained at Franklin Pierce University in New Hampshire. After graduation, Karen had a 20-year career in Vermont state government in corrections and transitional housing. Karen worked part-time for a number of years with Lawson's Finest before joining full-time in 2017. Currently, Karen oversees the company's values-based social impact program, which works to support thriving communities. The program features five initiatives focused on cultivating a people-first workplace, charitable giving for local communities, greening the planet, and bringing people together to play and innovate. Karen is responsible for shaping and guiding the mission-based initiatives of Lawson's Finest to create the greatest possible social impact, act as stewards for, for corporate responsibility, and brings company values to life for staff, fans, community, and the environment to create a lasting legacy. In her spare time, Karen enjoys doing Pilates, reading, relishing the Vermont summer, and enjoying adventures with her husband, two daughters, and rescue dog. Welcome to the show, Karen. Thank you so much, Don. Happy to be here. So tell us about the environmental initiatives at Lawson's Finest. Yes, great. Um, so really, our environmental approach starts in the brewery as a very resource-intensive industry we're always monitoring how we can improve certain aspects of our um, carbon footprint. So our brewery director, Scott Shirley, has really created some great ways to monitor our um, electricity, propane, use in wastewater. And since we opened our Waitsfield Taproom and Brewery in 2018, um, over these last few years, we've been able to reduce by over a third all of those usages, electricity, propane, wastewater, um, so that we can really make sure that we're being efficient in, in the brewery and also making sure that we're not being wasteful as well. Um, we are also underway with wrapping up our latest solar installation here in our Waitsfield, Waitsfield campus in Vermont. And um, once, so we have multiple solar installations. When we built the brewery in 2018, we put solar panels on the brewery there. And last year we added a solar canopy over in our remote parking lot, which is the biggest in Vermont right now. And then we're currently adding additional solar panels on our warehouses that house um, offices and also dry and cold storage. And once that's all wrapped up, which it's looking like it's going to be in the next couple of weeks, we're mm -hmm. going to be able to... Um, produce more solar electricity than what we will use. So over oh, awesome. 100% will be through solar. That's cool. That's very cool. I love hearing that. <laughs> um, so obviously that sounds like, you know, big project. It sounds expensive. It sounds yeah. time intensive. Um, so why is this important to yeah. Boston's finest? Yeah, you know, solar has always been a big interest um, as Sean and I as co-owners. Um, Sean, my husband and business partner, 
is an environmentalist by trade. Um, neither of us went to school to run a business. <laughs> Sean's uh, degree is in forestry and environmental science, and mine was in public administration. So Sean always had his eye on, you know, utilizing renewable energy here on site. And so Sean was really the force behind the various installations and, and doing all of the legwork with the state and accessing the tax credits. And, you know, it is expensive, but the nice thing is, is we anticipate within 10 years that all of our investments in solar installations will be paid off. So oh. 10 years is really not that far from now. Oh, that's really cool. Um, Em, did you have any questions? Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of, I have so many questions about, um, like, I know breweries use so much water and I know breweries can be incredibly wasteful um, and they don't mean to be, you know, how Mm -hmm. like X amount of gallons take so much. So do you know how Lawson's or what breweries can do to reduce their water consumption or like how you guys, how do you guys deal with making sure you're not taking in too much water? Yeah, absolutely. So we actually built our own wastewater treatment facility here on our campus. Um, So we monitor it very closely. And um, it's been something that has been really important to our company because we are on town water in making sure that what we're bringing back Um, to the town is cleaner than how it originated. And so we are actually able to do that through our own wastewater system is to basically bring back the water um, to the community cleaner than how it would come through a household. So Mm. um, we have staff that are dedicated to monitoring our wastewater. And that's something that our brewery, brewery director monitors very closely. That's so, I, yeah, that's so cool. Can I ask why you would why you would uh, uh, return the water at a higher standard? Like why not just do you know You know, it's the um the BODs, so this is the the science um behind is really that the the system that we're using that we set up is is really a state of the art wastewater system that it allows us to to basically filter the water cleaner um, than than a regular system might. So we really invested upfront. Would you ever reuse that water to make beer? You know, we don't, again, because it goes back to the community, the town system. Yeah. So so maybe we are in effect, you know, with the the circle of, the resources here, perhaps we are. Uh, I just find that really, I just think that's really cool that the the water leaves you better yeah, than it comes in. Most know? breweries do the opposite. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> the vast most majority. Breweries, yeah, yeah send a lot of stuff down the, the drain and hope for the best. So it's really nice that you're doing your part. So yeah. yeah. Do you have a sense, um, obviously this is something um, given, as you say, Sean is, was, is an environmentalist by by training, and so obviously this is very important to him. Uh, and, and Lawson's is is leading the charge on this. But do you see this as a growing trend? Do you do you talk to other breweries that are interested in this, or is this like, ah, this is a thing that Lawson does, and and they own they're the only ones who do it because they're the only ones who care. You know, that's a really interesting question, Don. I know the Alchemist, our neighbors up in Stowe, have a similar system. Um, wastewater system where they're monitoring. I'm not sure of the other breweries. Um, We are one of the founding members of um, a green brewery cohort that was created by Vermont's Department of Environmental Conservation. And so within that, um, we also partner with the Vermont Brew Shed Alliance, which is a program through the Vermont Natural Resources Council. And so it really brings together craft beer communities and state 
entities to monitor and highlight the importance of clean water and to really share best resources or excuse me, best practices. So I know um, the Vermont Brewers Association is also involved in really making sure that perhaps the smaller breweries that may not have access to these kinds of resources are at least aware of them. Yeah. And so for me, I certainly didn't know that there was a Vermont green brewery cohort. So the, the very, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. The <laughs> fact that that even exists, I think is yeah. really, is really cool. Vermont has so many really awesome aspects to it. I mean, it, it's a green state in so many ways. And, and I, I really think that our state and, and certainly our craft breweries are really in the forefront of just monitoring and being aware of our environmental footprint. Yeah. And then hopefully other, you know, state brewing guilds, for example, could reach yeah. out and, 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 and learn from your, uh, from the things that you've done. I think that's really cool. And, yeah, and you know, that's one of the best things too about living in Vermont is that all the other breweries, it's, it's really a collaborative it's it's not a competition kind of situation. It's really from small breweries to large breweries in the state. It really is, you know, you could pick up the phone and you could talk to the owner or the brewer and ask questions and get pointed to some resources. Um, it's a really welcoming uh, state for craft breweries. Yeah. Um, for breweries that are new to this and, you know, obviously... Uh, a lot of the a lot of the craft breweries are smaller than than Lawson's. Mm -hmm. Not that Lawson's is enormous or any, by any stretch, but what would you say to them in terms of a, a good place for them to start looking at their environmental footprint? What is the the easiest thing that they can do that maybe doesn't cost a lot of money or doesn't take a a ton of of management time? Where where mm -hmm. where would breweries start? Hmm, that's a great question, Wilgen. The Vermont Brewers Association has a ton of resources and various committees that would be able to kind of dig deeper into pointing into resources. But I, for example, we just had our um, garbage and recycling um, provider, Casella Waste, um, on site. I invited them here last week to walk around our entire campus, visit all of the different the offices, the brewery, the tap room, all of our buildings to really just walk around and see what can we do that we're not doing that might be really low hanging fruit, but has a potential big impact. One example in that walk around was that Casella Waste said, you know, we can compost all of these hand towels. So just like paper hand towels that are used in the tap room, in the brewery, in the bathroom, those, those can be um, basically diverted from garbage waste and instead composted. Mm. And, and so really, I think it just starts with kind of looking at what you're doing in a day-by-day -day situation because there might be opportunities. Um, yeah, I guess, I, uh, yeah, some simple things like that. Is, is there, um, was there a project, so, you know, thinking bigger now then, was there a project that you undertook where you thought, oh, you know, this is going to be painful, but it's the right thing to do. And then it turned out, actually, that's not so bad. And I'm thinking, mm -hmm. for example, you said the the solar panels will pay themselves in 10 years, which yeah. to me, uh, surprised me as being such a short time frame. So any other examples like that, I guess? Yeah. Uh, additionally, we installed electric vehicle chargers on our campus, both at the outside the brewery in the parking lot, and then also at our um solar canopy parking lot that's just um, across the road as an overflow parking area. And we provide all of those um, EV chargers to the community. And so you don't have to essentially be coming to Lawson's Finest to have a beer to use them. And, and that was something that was really important to not only for us as owners, um, that have electric vehicles, but really to support community members or even folks that are traveling from out of state and visiting the Mad River Valley to be able to come and charge um, their cars while they're shopping and eating in the valley. So that, and I know there's a lot of um, state incentives around EV chargers and certainly Vermont um, 
is seeing a lot of growth in the availability of those chargers. So that's something seemingly simple that potentially has a rebate attached to it that the ah. breweries might want to consider. Rebates. <laughs> yes, get the uh, money every, back. Everyone yeah. likes a good tax credit. Absolutely. Uh, Em, I am dominating this conversation. Did you have oh, any you, questions? You're the nerd. So. <laughs> the nerd. <laughs> um, I actually wanted to ask about uh, you, uh, Lawson's being a B Corp. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, I see that logo on a lot of different breweries all over the country. Um, what is that? And then how yes. does it uh, pertain to sustainability as a whole? Yes, I love talking about B Corp accreditation. Uh, it's quite an intensive process for those that are undertaking it, but I can tell you having just received our certification May 4th, um, that it's really worth it. Um, it's really about um, essentially filling out an assessment to to show that we met the verified standards of both social and environmental performance, that we run our business in a transparent way, and that we have accountability. So within B Corp, there's kind of a couple buckets that basically they look to assess your company. One is on governance. You know, what are the policies and practices related to your mission, and how do you live them out as a values-based business? And then there's our workers, our employees. And for us at Lawson's Finest, really, that's the foundation of our company, whether it's the beer delivery drivers or the beer tenders when you come into the tap room. And every everyone in our company is really, they are what make us successful. And, and that is the experience that the consumer is going to have when they're drinking their Lawson's Finest or they're talking to someone out in the marketplace. So really treating our employees um, very well, both um, in salary and benefits, and also thinking outside the box of what are kind of the ancillary things that we can offer our staff um, to really improve their well-being. And then B Corp is really focused on the community and that's around economic and social vitality. And at Lawson's Finest, we really, really care about community vitality and the health of our communities. And so we have a couple different initiatives within our social impact program that directly support Vermont nonprofits with financial donations. One example that's probably the most well-known uh, with, within Lawson's Finest is our Sunshine Fund. So when folks come to our tap room, because we pay our staff a living wage and generous benefits, tips are not part of the guest experience. Rather, if someone would leave, like to leave a donation on top of their bill, all 100% of that donation goes to the identified nonprofit that we're featuring in the Sunshine Fund. And it's a really amazing initiative that we have here at the tap room and it's been way more successful than Sean and I ever could have imagined um, between the sunshine fund and our sip of support charitable giving which is our discretionary giving since we opened in 2018 we've donated over two million dollars to Vermont nonprofits wow. and it's just been Honestly, one of the best part of my jobs is after the two weeks um, that a nonprofit is featured on our Sunshine Fund, they come to the tap room and they receive their donation check. And I've made it a surprise so that when I hand the check over to them, they the photo really captures the emotion behind getting a $10,000 check from guest donations just in two weeks. Yeah. Um, so it's just been incredibly powerful in the impact that we've been able to have in our communities um, has just been really awe-inspiring and um, very proud of, of that aspect within our company. And then just to wrap up the other B Corp um, buckets, if you will, of how they assess values-based business like Lawson's Finest is really looking at the environment. How are we monitoring and improving our footprint? And then our customers, how are we creating value for our customers, both here in Waitsfield and then out in the nine state market where we distribute our beer? Oh, wow. 
That is intensive. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it and is. I'll, I'll tell you, we initially submit our assessment in December of 2021. And during the pandemic, B Corp received like unprecedented amount of applications that it took them eight months to even just get back to us on that initial assessment. And they allowed us to take a look at our assessments, they said, okay, it's been eight months, you know, maybe there's some changes to your answers. And during the pandemic, as a lot of businesses did, they kind of shifted and reevaluated various aspects of their company. And we were able to increase our score by having kind of that second brush um, mm. passed on the assessment. And we achieved um, the minimum, uh, you have to achieve 80 points in order to be certified. And we received um, 83.6 points. So we were certified. And in three years, we'll go back through the process of um, basically recertifying, saying, showing, documenting that um, how we're running our business is mission aligned. Is this, um, you know, you mentioned the intensity of it. Uh, and, and I guess, would you encourage other breweries to do it or, yeah. you know, is it worth it? Cause it sounds yeah. kind of daunting. <laughs> it is daunting. I would say, well, what's interesting, Don, is that there's only 18 breweries in the U S and Canada that have this certification. So it's not a lot. Mm. I was really surprised at how low that number is. And um, for us, we were basically running our company as a B Corp um, before we receive the certification, meaning that we lead with our values, the um, sustainability of our staff and environmental um, sustainability are all really a big part of how we run our business. So we felt like we were doing the work already. Let's see about um, completing the assessment to gain certification. And I can tell you personally, as a consumer, when I see a B Corp logo on a product, that that would have me consider purchasing that company's product over someone else who's a similar um, uh, similar product, but not B Corp certified. I would go towards that company that I know is really doing doing good for right. everyone, for the environment, for their staff. Right. So it's it's not always about money, but. But there is yeah. like the like the solar panels, it, there is yeah. a financial benefit as well. And certainly running a business, whether it's a brewery or another business, we're all in this together. We all have a stake. We're part of the larger ecosystem that needs to make sure that the future that um, we're leaving is is the same or better than how we found it. And, and we take that responsibility really seriously. So I would encourage other breweries that are interested to, you know, do some research on what's entailed in achieving B Corp certification. I would also highly recommend that you have at least one or possibly two staff members that really can dedicate their time to the process because adding it on to someone's existing job description could be a little daunting and very <laughs> time consuming. <laughs> Um, you sort of touched upon it that, you know, you yourself will look for that B Corp uh, logo. Other yeah. than that, do you have any advice for beer drinkers as to what they can do to encourage uh, breweries to support the environment? Well, I know I always find it really interesting when Sean and I are out visiting breweries to inquire about what are their sustainability efforts. And some breweries make it very public, whether it's in the tap room or on their website, um, that it's always interesting to ask and to see what might you learn about a brewery beyond the high quality beer that, that they're making. Yeah. Just ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. M. Any last questions? No, I, this was really fascinating. It makes me really want to visit Lawson. Please. I, I haven't, yeah, I haven't been to Vermont in so long. It's so close. We're coming well, for, yeah, we're coming for the eclipse. 
Yeah, well, you know, I'll tell you, my favorite time of year is summer with autumn, a close second. And it's absolutely beautiful in Vermont all year round, especially folks that like to ski. We're within 10 minutes of two ski areas, Sugarbush and Mad River Glen. And our Waitsfield campus is just surrounded by nature and it's beautiful. And the Mad River Valley is just so welcoming with different inns and restaurants that I would highly recommend that you come visit. And I can tell you that Lawson's Finest owns two of our own Airbnbs. So you could either stay at our original brewery in Warren, um, where we basically started Lawson's Finest 15 years ago, and we still um, operate the brewery for R&D projects. And the brewery is right next to the house. Um, the Airbnb rental. And then we also have another Airbnb right here in Waitsfield that's walking distance to the tap room. So you have options if you'd like to stay. Um, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Karen, before you we let you go, uh, can you please share your social media handles so that people can uh, follow all the great things that you're doing? Yes, that would be great. So on Facebook, uh, Lawson's Finest. And uh, let me just, I want to make sure um, because we were hacked on an Instagram. So our oh, no. handle changed and then changed back. Um, so that's also at Lawson's Finest. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Thank you for your time, Karen. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you, so, you much. so much. This has been a great conversation and I really appreciate your interest in Lawson's Finest Liquids. Cheers. Cheers. So, Em, what did you learn? Oh, my gosh. Again, so much. <laughs> it's really nice to see breweries and companies helping the environment. Yeah. Like, I'm all for that. And it's really nice that corporations and breweries can work together to make the earth a better place through, you know, solar, like solar and carbon capture like amy's company to water you know water waste treatment facilities it's it's just it's nice that everyone's trying to do their part yeah and i i think that um i think it's great that there's these big initiatives but um you know i think every brewery can can do things like just monitoring how much water they're using and things like that so so i think it's um i think it's fun that we can we can all be doing our part i love it I'm, I'm all for it. Again, we only get, you know, we only get one for, <laughs> for now, for now. You know, we're not colonizing Mars tomorrow. So, so let's treat the planet that we have the best that we can. Um, and so are you going to drink faster now? I'm going to so drink more just... conscious, consciously <laughs> and more thoughtfully. Okay, uh, that's fair. Yeah. I'll That's that. probably the better. Uh, if I drink too fast, I'm gonna burp a bunch. No one needs to hear that. <laughs> and then you're emitting, you know, <laughs> and greenhouse then I, gases. Oh no, that I'm part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay, everybody, please visit allaboutbeer.com and follow us on social media at allaboutbeer, and visit patreon.com/allaboutbeer to support this show and others. If you have questions for the experts, please email podcast at allaboutbeer.com. That's also the email for feedback, suggestions, or to inquire about supporting this show through advertising. Speaking of advertising, here's a short word from our sponsors. Looking for an easy hop sourcing experience? Yakima Valley Hops offers the finest quality hops from right here in our valley and premium growing regions around the world. Get the hops you need when you need them with ultra-fast shipping and awesome customer service. With a full line of liquid hop products and all your favorite varieties, no contracts are needed to brew with the best. Shop now at yakimavalleyhops.com. That's Y-A-K-I-M-A, valleyhops.com. All About Beer is back, and we're asking for your support to help provide the independent beer media this rich and colorful industry deserves. Visit our website, allaboutbeer.com, where we're frequently posting new content. And please consider throwing us a few bucks at patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. We have low-cost memberships for individuals and small and large companies alike. Every dollar goes to help produce new articles and podcasts. Estrella Galicia is an independent, family-owned brewery in Northwest Spain, founded in 1906. Estrella Galicia Cerveza Especial is a world-class lager, brewed using the finest Spanish malts, locally cultivated Galician hops, and the best brewing practices made out of the state-of-the-art facility in Acruña. Recognized around the world for quality and exceptional character, 
Estrella Galicia is a beer like no other. To learn more about Estrella Galicia, follow them at Estrella Galicia USA on Instagram. Hey, Am. Have you noticed at the end of every podcast, they always ask you to subscribe to the podcast and give the show a five-star review? Yes, of course. And do you know why they do that? I do. It helps elevate the show in the algorithms that show the podcast to new listeners. Right. And you and I, we want to help spread the gospel of good beer. So we would love it if our listeners would subscribe and rate the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really would help us out. So M, other than that, how can people find you on social media? I am at Pints and Panels across all social media. And my website is www.pintsandpanels.com. How about you, Don? I am at the Dawn of Beer on Twitter and Instagram, and people can drop me an email at dawn at thedawnofbeer.com. This show is produced by All About Beer. Visit allaboutbeer.com for articles, notes on this show and others, and to connect via the newsletter and social media. Cheers. Cheers. Keep drinking fast. (laughs) 